0: May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Romans 8, 1.
1: There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let us read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Let us pray. <clears throat> oh, Lord, how thankful we are for your precious word. And Lord, we've come this morning to such a precious uh, place in scripture, Lord, and uh Lord, truly how it has spoke to our heart. I, I pray that everyone here this morning, Lord, have their hearts open. I pray, Lord, we'd not be distracted or taken away. I pray our hearts would hear. Lord, I pray, Lord, that anyone doesn't know you as their Savior. Lord, that your word would speak to them, that your Holy Spirit would draw them. This would be the day they'd give their heart to you. And, oh, God, all of us that are Christians, Lord, may we learn, uh, Lord, uh, more how to walk according to your word, I pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. So this verse is quoted a lot. I always say everyone can quote it, but uh, get made fun of. But this is a this is a very famous verse, right? Right? We Romans 8.1, It's a very famous and and if I could just say it, it's a it's a really good verse all by itself. If you just if you just quote Romans eight one, it's a really good verse. Uh, but I can't even tell you how much it means to me. Studying now for seven chapters and, and one argument upon another argument upon another argument that Paul has been arguing, all of us are no good. All of us are, are, have nothing to bring to the table. All of us are sinners. We are justified because of Jesus Christ and we are to live a new life. You put all that together and then last, uh, the last chapter, chapter 7, we learned that even the Apostle Paul sometimes did what he didn't want to do. Can we all say amen? Can we all say we've been there? So we put all of that together, and and it's kind of like that's behind us. And we know, we've said it many times, there is therefore. That means because of what's been said, because of what seven chapters have been said, there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And and what an exciting verse, what a, a tremendous verse And I titled the message, I was a little hesitant to it. I I asked Renee if this would turn everybody off if I named it this. Uh, But I named the, the message Game Changer. Now, two things about that. One, it can sound like I'm trying to make it more dramatic than what it actually is. And two, it has the word change in it, which turns off most Baptists right off the bat, right, before we ever get started, right? So, so that was a little hesitant to it. But in a game changer, if you're watching a, uh, uh, you know, someone says, did you watch that such and such game between two, on two teams on a football team? And there was that one play, changed everything. You guys with me? There was that one play. I mean, they, they played out there for four quarters, but one thing happened, and it changed the whole game. Sometimes in our life, we use, we use illustrations. We say, uh, you know, something happened. You know, I lived for 70 years, but something happened, and that one thing changed my entire life. A game changer I really believe this is a game changer. I don't believe that's over dramatic. I don't believe that's a and God has used this so much to speak to my heart. I believe that this is a game changer, and if I can just not mess it up this morning, <laughs> I believe this could could change our church, could change our lives, could could make a dramatic uh, difference in how we look at things. So I want to try to, if you will. We want what the Bible says is truth. I don't want anyone to agree with me. I want you to agree with the Bible. I don't want you to take my interpretation. I want you to understand how to interpret the Bible. Uh, but there are different ways of looking at Scripture. And I'm going to try to look at this one verse and show you how we can look at it a couple of different ways. Uh, but then I want to try and learn the truth. Anybody here want the truth this morning? Right, We want the truth. So we can look at this verse and we can we can read it like this and this is how how it can be interpreted by people. Uh, it, we can look at it and it says there is now and, and we can interpret that now as meaning because I looked that word up in the Greek and it, it basically means now that's what it basically means right now, right So we can look at that and we say now today there's no condemnation. Now tomorrow there might be but today there's not. We can look at it as now, right? Right right now in the present, there's no condemnation. The, the word condemnation, pretty clear, that, that is, if I could just make it real simple, that's talking about hell. It's talking about a guilty verdict that you're going to go to hell, okay? So today, no condemnation, okay? We, we, can, we can understand that. And then it says, to them that are in Christ Jesus. So we can interpret that and we can read it and we can say, okay, today, I'm not judged guilty, and I don't have to go to hell, because today I am in Christ Jesus. Okay, you follow me? Now, this is kind of, this is kind of the, uh, I believe the part that a lot of people misunderstand. This is the part I want to try and straighten out, or, or at least give you what I believe is a biblical understanding. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So we can interpret that and we can say it like this, as many people believe and I believe to be wrong, but we can read that verse and we can say this. Today, I'm walking in the spirit. I'm acting pretty good. Tomorrow, I'm walking in the flesh. I'm not walking good. I'm living bad. Right? That's how a lot of people interpret that scripture. So here's how you interpret that. If it says there's no condemnation, as long as you're walking in the Spirit. So on days I'm having a good day and I'm living a good life, I'd have no condemnation. But on those days that I'm walking in the flesh and I'm not living a good life, I'm condemning on that day. Okay? That is a way... Could you not understand how that's how that's... And that's how a lot of people read that verse. I, I believe that is false. So let me let me read it to you another way. You see, you, you wonder how so many different beliefs are in the church. Uh, so there's an illustration of how you could take that verse bit by bit and come up with a I believe a very faulty understanding of Scripture. Let me read it the way I believe it means. There is, therefore, now, I'm not waiting for it to happen. It already happened. I already got it. Right now, I've, I've already received all that I'm going to receive. I, I already have it. It's already mine. And, and by the way, I've still not figured out how you get, just think about this, people. I'm not still not sure how you get eternal life temporarily. I, I'm still not real sure how you do it. How do you get eternal life that lasts forever? Temporarily. Okay? So, but now, I already got it, people. I already got it. And there's no condemnation uh, now already. I'm already not condemned. I'm not judged guilty. I'm already holy. I'm already just. We've learned that through these scriptures. And that is because I am in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? That means when God judges me, he sees the blood. He sees his son. He doesn't hold me accountable because he's judging me like Jesus. I receive the righteousness of God because Jesus, I'm in him. God cannot judge his son guilty, and I'm in his son. Right? Now, that's not real controversial. Let's get to the the last of it. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Here's where it gets controversial. Here's what I want to say real clearly. Now, if you've thought a certain way for 40 years, isn't it hard to start thinking a different way? Isn't it hard to change your thinking? And, and some of you are going to, this is going to strip out your gears and you're going to, but, but this is what, this is what I believe, this says. There is therefore now, already got it, no condemnation, I'm not going to hell, I'm not judging, because I'm in Christ Jesus, I don't walk after the flesh, I walk after the Spirit. You say, what about those days I don't do what I'm supposed to? I still walk after the Spirit. I'm living in the Spirit. I, I, every day I'm living in the Spirit. Some days Gary gets in the way like I talked last week. Sometimes that guy gets out of control, but I'm still walking in the Spirit. I'm not back and forth, back and forth. One day I'm in the flesh, one day I'm in the Spirit, one day I'm in the flesh. One moment I'm mad and walking in the flesh. Next minute I'm in back in the Spirit. No, I'm in the Spirit And we have established the fact that as a born-again Christian, you can do some things you shouldn't do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, Listen, everybody here, if you just look in the mirror, we all have done some things we shouldn't have done since we've been saved. Right. We've done some things we shouldn't have done. So if you want to read this verse, when you did those things you shouldn't have done, you got in the flesh. And so therefore there's condemnation. But on those days you didn't do anything wrong. You're walking in the spirit and that's why you're not condemned. You get your theology all mixed up, but it also. So here's how that kind of plays out. It kind of depends on what time of the day you die on whether you go to heaven or not. If you die at a good time, you get to go. If you die at a bad time, you gotta go to hell, right? How many of you like to live your Christian life that way? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the day I'm having a good day, hey, I'm going to heaven today. I'm having a bad day, I'm probably going to hell today. Yes. See, that's not right. And, but here's really the truth. If you guys really want the biblical truth, let, let me let you guys in. This, this, maybe this will help you. Let me let you guys in on a news flash. Uh On your best day, when you're doing your very best and you think, I'm mountaintop high, I am walking with Jesus, you're still dirty, rotten scum. You're still dirty, rotten scum. You don't deserve to go to heaven. Listen, you ain't never been good a day in your life. Adrian Rogers said, I wouldn't want to take the best five minutes I ever lived in all my life and have to count on getting to heaven with that. Because I go to hell. So if we figure all that out, my good days and my bad days ain't really that much different, cause ain't none of them any good, right? So I'm walking in the Spirit. Now you say, well, Pastor, I don't agree with it. Let me give you just a couple of verses to think about if you don't agree with that. Look back with me, chapter seven and verse number seventeen. So Paul here has argued in chapter 7 that as a Christian, he doesn't always do what he wants to do, and he sometimes does what he shouldn't do, and he, but in his heart he wants to do what's right, but he does, his body does what's wrong sometimes. And verse 17, what are we going to do with this verse? Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. <laughs> you know what that's saying? I'm still walking in the spirit I'm still in that guy over there he he messed up right Gary did something wrong, but I'm still walking in the spirit. I didn't go in and out. I'm still in the spirit. Flip over with me to uh, uh chapter eight <clears throat> verse number nine it'd be good to read all this but but for sake of time, just just read verse number nine uh, Romans eight and nine <clears throat> But ye are not in the flesh. Did you read that? But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Who's that talking to? Christians. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. But you're walking in the spirit. Does everybody see that? Does that make sense? You're walking in the Spirit, not the flesh, if the Spirit of God dwell in you. But then it says, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, was a say, You're none of his. So if you're a Christian, you're walking in the Spirit, you're living in the Spirit. If you're not living in the Spirit, you're living in the flesh and you're not saved. Now, whether or not you have that or whether you gotta digest that, that is what the Bible teaches. We've been learning in the in 1 John on Wednesdays, we've been going over a little bit, but we studied out 1 John for a couple. It says things like this in 1 John. If you say you don't have any sin, you're a liar. Right? But then it says if you walk in darkness and call yourself a Christian, that's not right. And then it says, You cannot sin if you're a Christian. What are we gonna do with those scriptures? You know what that's saying? I quit sinning. Listen, I'm in Christ in my spirit. But this guy over here, <laughs> he sins all the time. Are you guys following me? So, so so there's so so here, here's if you'll at least try to digest that somewhat, that changes everything. And here's what we gotta understand: this is what the message is gonna be about. Here's what we got to understand, guys, and I think this is what we've really gotten wrong, and I'm going to try and show you this morning. Everything in your Christian life is about the Spirit. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about your Spirit. And we think it's all about that guy over there. <laughs> and if you'll think about how mind-blowing that is, that is my, it's a game-changer. So everything in church is about this guy, but everything in church is supposed to be about this guy. And we don't even pay attention to this guy because we're so busy with that guy. I, I hope that makes sense to you. I'm going to try and show you how, to, how that plays out. That is, that is mind-blowingly wow. So, the first point, I'm going to go through the first points kind of quick, try to keep up. We've said most of them before, so we're just going to go through them real, real quick if you have your study sheet. We're going to get to point number three and we're going to spend some time there because I believe that's where the message is. I believe that's where we need to uh, concentrate on. But just real quickly, if you believe that you are in Jesus Christ and that you are saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and you believe there's no condemnation for you because of Jesus Christ, and if you believe that even when your flesh gets out of the way, gets in the way, you're still not condemned. Can you abuse that? Well, here's where, here's where I'm going to interject my belief. See, I, I, I've been saying this a lot lately, and I'm going to try and go over this quickly. I've been saying this a lot lately, but this is what I believe, church. If you're truly saved... And genuinely changed and you go to a Bible believing church that preaches the Word of God I believe it will change your life I believe it will make you different I believe it will make you spiritual now I've said for some time now that if you aren't taught the Bible And if you are living uh, ignorant, unlearned, whatever word you want to put in there, you don't know your Bible. I believe it is possible because we see a lot of it. I believe it is possible to be a true born again Christian and just not know any better and live a pretty sinful life. And we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of evidence of that. But I would argue, is it possible to go to a good Bible believing church that preaches the word of God and still just live any way you want to? In other words, in other words, can you, can can, can Amanda, can Bessie, can they say, I am saved, and Gary says, I am not condemned, and so I'm going to just go out and go get drunk and go find a, uh, you know, go spend a night with someone and go, I'm just going to go do all that. Hey, because, hey, I'm not condemned anymore. Can a Christian do that? No, a Christian can't do that. You know why? Because we're changed. Or change. Now, if you go to this church on a regular basis and you hear the word all the time and you hear how you're supposed to live, can you just say, I got grace. I'm going to live any way I want to. See, I argue that you can't because you're different because of Jesus. But Charles said, but Charles said, Jesus is such a precious name. You know, you can't be saved if you don't think that that precious name. Do You just want to smear it in the mud no, it's a precious name, right? It's a precious name. So I would argue that there are a lot of people who have wrong doctors a lot of people who say a lot of things do a lot of things. but I would argue that if we take what the Bible says that, that, that you you can call yourself a Christian and live like the devil and you're not saved you can you can um, not be taught and live wrong and and, and maybe you are saved you just haven't been taught right but a genuine believer is going to try to live according to the Bible. And I believe that's what the Bible says. And, and, and there are, we could all say amen to this. There are seasons of rebellion. Anybody here ever been in church when the word was preached and you knew it was right, but you didn't want to do it yet? Right? <laughs> I don't want to change yet. So you rebel with God. You fight with God. You're out of the will of God. Uh, we've all been capable. Of it. But we talked about Wednesday night. There is a cost there is a cost to rebelling against God. So moving on quickly, uh, I, I want to get to point three. The consequences of the flesh. So here's what we got to understand. Here, here's what we got to understand, people. There is a body that is sinful that has never been saved. It is evil. It is rotten. It is, it is, it is cursed by uh, um, the flesh. There is a soul, and that, that is the... The the intellect, the will, the emotion that is in between the soul and the, and the spirit and the body, and there is a spirit that is from God that connects to God that is that is holy and pure. This guy over here, he lives holy. He de- Paul said he desires to live holy. That guy over there, not so much, not all the time. Now here's the thing, guys. If this guy over here is not condemned, but that guy over there wants to live sinful, even if they're a Christian, is there consequences? There's consequences. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. I just want to say this real briefly. Uh, we have seen, and I'm not I'm not God. I'm not supposed to be God. I, I'm not supposed to be up here saying, well, you're going to hell and you're going to heaven. No, that's not my job. My, my job is to preach the gospel. But But there are those who have said that they are Christians who have lived a very, very bad life. That sometimes has a great consequence on this guy over here. Right? So you're on your way to heaven, you're a Christian, but this guy over here is, is kind of suffering because you're not doing right, right? Now, I don't mean to be cruel and I don't mean to be ugly and I don't, I don't mean to be mean, but but I just want to get this point across, and I've tried to because I want to get to the next point. But I, I want to say this. Um, how 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 do I say this? I don't there's, there's not a politically correct way to say this. Have we seen people who have been in church all of their lives and they get, you know, they get down the road always, they've been in church for years, but ever since they've been a Christian, they've really kind of lived a pretty rotten life. Can we see the effects on them? I got to be real careful. Can we tell their face doesn't look right? Is anybody with me? You know, it does something to your face when you live a hard life. We've talked about sinners. You know, we talk about sinners a lot of times. And, and, and again, i I preached most of this before. But we talk about sinners. You know, there, there's kids I went to school with just lived a, have lived a horribly hard, you know, been married, all, just, just all kinds of sinful things in their life. And they're the same age as me. They look like they're 85 years old. I mean, they look horrible. Why is it? Because it was hard on this guy right here. Well, is that any different for a Christian? This is a different way of thinking, I know. But is it any different for a Christian? If you're a Christian and your sins are under the blood, but that guy over there continues to sin, that guy over there is going to suffer. And we see a lot of that. We see that through emotional strain and, and, and on and on and on. So we see, we see all that, and I, I hope you guys get that. Let's move on to the third point, because this, this is where it gets exciting for me. Here's the game changer. Church protocol. Do we, have, do we know what protocol is? Okay. I thought, am I allowed to use that word or not? I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word in this church. <laughs> protocol. Most businesses, they have a policy. You know, if, if if a hydraulic line blows and and it's spilling oil all over the all over the blacktop, there is protocol that you have to do this step, this step, this step, and this step, or else we're in big trouble. Okay. There's protocol. If you're in an accident, uh, you have to do this, and then this, and then this, and then this. There's a protocol. There is a set thing that has to be done. It's a protocol. Well, churches have protocols. Churches have protocols. And I want to suggest to you that most churches have wrong protocols. And I want to talk about how to change those to what they're supposed to be. Because, see, I think that most churches, the protocol... Think about this. How twisted this! I've just blown away by this. I hope you guys are getting this. If I could talk as fast as Josh, I talk as fast as Josh more. But I can't talk that fast. But I am very excited and just desperately wanting you guys to get But most churches, everything is about this guy, and the Bible says everything's supposed to be about this guy. And if you see how upside down that is, you're going to see how that really is a problem in a lot of churches. So let's look at let's look at uh, lost people. This this is mind blowing to me. This is mind blowing. I hope you will at least consider this. I hope you will at least think about this. How do we look at lost people? I have preached you guys for a long long time. I think we finally got it, but I hope we do. But I have preached you guys for a long time. If someone walks in this church and and, and they they they're dressed like the world, they look like hell. They 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 they're just the, the worst things you can think about. They come in the door. How are we supposed to look at them? They have a soul that needs saving. What are all of you focused on? This guy over here. they're not dressed right. They don't look right. They got this, they got that. There's this wrong with them. This guy here. Let's, oh. God. No, no, no. This guy has nothing to do with it. This guy's going to just go back to the dust. He, he's no big deal. But there is a soul that needs a savior. Can I just tell you that it it makes me so mad whenever I'm labeled as a modernist or as a liberal? But there's a whole lot of things that are not conservative and that's not Christian. It's just the way we've always done it. Let me tell you, too many Christians are caught up on the exterior, they don't look like the kind of people we want around here. Can I tell you that's a shame? Can not tell you, if Jesus would come in, he'd say, oh, no. He'd say, I'm interested in their soul. He went to the harlots. He went to the drunkards. He went to the worst of the worst. He went to the very worst people in the society, and he loved them. And he never even, it's like Jesus didn't, it's like Jesus was completely blind, and he couldn't even see. They said, don't you know who she is? And he said, I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at her soul. Are you guys getting this? We're so caught up on, uh, they don't look like they're supposed to. I don't want that. I've heard people say, oh, if that comes into our church, if a homosexual is coming at church, don't expect me to shake their hand. Well, shame on you. You need to go to the altar. You need to repent because you're so caught up on the outside, but that person has a soul that needs Jesus. And if we want to be a Christian church, we got to get over the outside and start looking at the inside. And I'm afraid someone's going to be in trouble when we get to judgment because we didn't do it the way God said to do it. So we have, we have the, the way we look at sinners. I want you to think about this. This is really, really powerful. This is, this is protocol. This is a game changer. As far as your pastor's concerned, this is the way it needs to be, and if you get mad, you can come talk to me later. If we have someone get saved in our church... Someone comes to the altar and gets saved. What is the first thing you guys want to do? You better get your hair cut. You better get that earring out. You better start doing this. You better start doing that. You better fix this and fix that. You better start looking like me. We want to clean up this guy over here, and we don't do anything with that guy over there. And and as soon as they get up from the altar... Now, I know this goes back to some false doctrine, but I can remember, I can remember it happening a lot of times, and it doesn't happen around here now, but I remember it happened a long, long time ago. Someone would come to the altar, and it's almost like before we leave church now, i got to tell you, don't cuss, don't lie, don't do this, don't do that, make sure you wear this, come back next Sunday. And if they didn't, oh, they didn't get saved. Can I tell you, we got that all wrong? If their heart got changed, that guy over there might take a while. We ought to love them until that guy gets straightened out. Let me let you in on a little hint. Let me, let, me just, let me just open your eyes a little bit, okay? Say, I don't want them kind of people in our church. Well, some of you have been at this 50 years and your outside still don't look too great, okay? Some of you have been at this 50 years and you still ain't looking too good on the outside. And you want that person that's been saved for three days to be all just like, listen, it isn't about this outside. It's about the inside. And if we'd start focusing more on the inside, I believe this guy over here would start changing. I believe this guy over here would start looking different. But we've gotten so hung up on. And here's what I think a lot of it is. And, and I think this is changing in our church. I, I think this is not this way anymore. But can I be real honest? Can I tell you what a lot of that I think is? And, and shame on us. And I don't think that's at our church anymore. But shame on us. You know what I think a lot of that is? I think there is an embarrassment that this right here doesn't look like we want it to look what if they see them walking in the parking lot and they don't look like good cleaned up christians well praise god we got some people here that are getting changed yeah. right what, what if they come? what if someone sees them well, i've heard this said what if they see them walking out our front door and they don't have everything on like they're supposed to well praise god we got some people here that need some work done to them but I think we want to hurry up and change the outside. Now, if the inside never gets changed, that's fine. But we got them looking like they're supposed to. Praise God. That's not, that's not church. That's not Jesus. That's not what it's about. It, it's really not. It's about this guy over here. And, and so as new converts, we go hard at their outside. We go hard at their flesh. We go hard at changing everything on the outside. And, and we leave the inside uh, to, to, to really perish. I want not say this kind of dogmatically as a pastor. I've had people argue with me. I've had people in this church argue with me. Maybe if you still have this mind, maybe me and you need to argue. But I've had people say this. And, and I'm just going to say this as your pastor. I don't believe it. But I've had people literally tell me this. I've had them say, if you'll straighten up this guy, maybe it'll flip over onto that guy. If you'll make them dress right and do this and come church and, and read this Bible and do this thing and, and stop and give them all the rules and if they'll do it over here... Maybe they'll start being a better Christian. But you know what you get? God help me. Do you know what you get when you make this guy do everything you're supposed to do? You produce a Pharisee who is on their way to hell. But let me paint you a different picture. Instead of focusing on this guy, someone gets saved. We don't even worry about what they look like, how they dress. We don't worry about any of that. You know what we worry about? We worry about their spirit and we pour into them love and acceptance and the Word of God, and, and, it, and, it, and it begins to just blossom in them. Now, we've already said if you're genuinely saved and we pour the Word of God into you in love, it's going to change the outside. It's going to make the outside different. Listen, you ought to look different after you get saved. But it doesn't work in reverse. It doesn't work in fix this guy, and it'll fix this guy. No, you got to fix this guy, and he'll fix that guy. This might be a, uh, but Charles, help me here. This might be a really stupid illustration, but I thought about it, and and, and I, I've always used it the other way, but I've never used it backwards. But let me see if this will make sense to anybody except for me. You know, I don't know if anybody's old enough, Sister Georgie will know this, but I don't know if anybody's old My My grandma and grandpa, they always called a paper bag a poke. A poke. I don't know where that comes from, but anyways, a poke. But if you take a paper bag, the old saying is, and you put lard in it, what happens? It'll come to the outside. That's that's a, that's everybody knows that, right? Okay. So so if what that saying is, if the spirit gets right, it'll start running out on the outside, right? Okay. But not, 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 this is so everybody knows that illustration. Let me give you Gary Gary's uh, twisted thinking. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, if you put lard in a paper bag, it'll come on the outside and everybody will know there's lard in that bag. You can't walk around with a paper bag full of lard and nobody figure it out. It's going to ooze out, right? You guys with me? What happens if you put a paper bag in lard? You got a paper bag, there's nothing in it, there's just, just, just a paper bag, and you put it in lard. What happens? It destroys the bag. It destroys, the, the, you can't say, See, so you say lard comes out of the bag, but you can't say lard goes into the bag. If you start over here, it doesn't go into that guy. It just destroys the bag. If you take a bag and stick it in lard, you don't pick it up, now it's full of lard. No, the lard doesn't go into lard just destroys the bag. What am I saying? If we want a good church, we need to start working with this guy over here. This guy over here, if he's saved, he will change when the Spirit of God reveals to him what is wrong. And it will change that guy over there. Now, I'm not up here preaching. It doesn't matter. About, this guy doesn't matter. What I'm preaching about is not the place to start. The place to start is with their spirit and not with their flesh. So <clears throat> let's think about a new way of looking at it. Let's think about changing instead of a new convert gets saved and we're going we're to focus on their outside Let's think about now focusing on their inside. I've said this so many times to you guys before, and this has really been eye-opening for me, but could this explain why your pastor has stood there and said so many times, could this explain why we have, we have women who wear dresses seven days a week, won't cut their hair, carry a King James Version Bible, and are meaner than a copperhead? Is that the reason? Because someone really focused on this and they never bothered to fix this over here. Now, is that person a good witness for Christ? They're wearing a dress seven days a week. Are Are they a good Christian witness? Some would say that'll make people get saved. Not when they got a really bad attitude and they're hateful about everything. But if they have a really good spirit and they love Jesus, things will begin to change on the outside. I don't know if I'm making sense to you guys or not, but I just think we have this thing backwards. I think we need to start, we need to have a policy where if new converts come in, we start loving them, giving them the word of God, and they will blossom and they will change. And if we, if we don't do that, we're, we're, we're creating something we don't really want. Okay? So, I believe that that, that is a game changer. I believe that is a, a dramatic, uh, a different way of looking at it. <clears throat> now, Let's, let's skip forward to those who are saved. Let's skip forward. to the. So we talked about new converts, talked about sinners. Let's talk about people that are saved. You've been in this church, you've been here 10 years, you've been here 20 years, you've been here 50 years, you've been here a long, long time. Someone should have started on day one when you were here, but maybe that didn't happen, working with your spirit. So you've been on the way now for 20, 30, 40 years what should we do? You know what we should do? We should still go right back over to this guy and start working with this guy. <coughs> see, it's such an exciting time for me as a pastor, and I'm just beyond joy to what's going on around here. But I believe what's going on at Sand Hill Church, see, we're, we're not rigid. We will, well, if you come here, you're going to do this and this and this, and You got and, and this guy over here is going to be exactly right. You know what we are? We're pouring the word of God into you guys. We're just pouring the word of God into you guys. And I just want to ask you guys, and please please don't leave me up here alone, but I just want to ask you guys, is it making a difference in the Sand Hill Church? Are we different than we were before? It is changing who we are because we are pouring in the word of God. And, and, and I don't need to, you know, it, it isn't even just how you dress and those things. But but, but it, I can push this guy over here. You need to be more involved in the church. You need to do more work for God. You need to do this and you need to do that. You should, If you love Jesus, and we can push this guy over here. And sometimes that gets us absolutely nowhere. But can I tell you what? If we get this guy over here loving Jesus and he's the most precious name they know, that guy over there is going to be a good guy. Is anybody follow me? How do you get that to be a good guy? You start over here. And I think most churches want to start over here trying to fix this guy. And I think that we want to change the people at Sand Hill. Praise God it's happening. Praise God we're in the middle of it. Praise God we see it happening everywhere. But when we want to see the congregation change, we don't need a list of rules that you'll do this and do this and do this and do this and this. You know what we need? We need to teach you what God says. So the Bible says if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you live in a newness of life. And if you have the Holy Spirit, we learned in Sunday school that Holy Spirit is going to work with the Word of God to change who you are. And you won't help, you won't be able to help, but be a different person. I don't know if I'm getting this across and I don't know if anybody's who's with me, but that is a totally different way of having church. That's totally different. Because now it becomes the Word of God is what makes everything happen. Jesus Christ is why we are here. And Jesus Christ will change us from the inside out. And if we can start doing that, I think that will, that will drastically change uh, who we are. The Spirit will change the flesh. So, so one last thing, one last thing, and, and, and all that rubbed you wrong, this one's probably going to rub you wrong too, but one last thing I want to give to you, how we judge, how we judge Boy, isn't that a big word? Isn't that a big conversation, how we judge? You know, there are those Christians saying, well, we shouldn't judge. Well, the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't judge. Uh, we, we, get, we have to judge in the right way. Judge not to be not judged. That replaced John 3.16 as the most popular verse and taking out context. But that listen, the Bible doesn't tell us that we can't judge, but we do have to judge a righteous judgment. Listen, if you, if you are... Going out and getting drunk and cheating on your wife, I as the pastor have the right to say by the word of God that is sin. By the word of God do I get to say and you're on your way to hell? I can't see your spirit. I can see your outside. How we judge. And then how we judge, how we judge progress. So, so here's the thing. I don't know, I don't know if anybody's with me on this. I don't know if anybody's you know, I, I remember, I remember preaching this a long time ago when, when it was nothing but hillbillies here. But I remember saying, I would like to have people here from you know all different races, all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, all different denominations. Just I would just like to have a church full of people that represent the kingdom of God. And that's still my prayer, is that we would just have all kinds of diverse, and we've had all kinds of people coming in. Some people with no background at all in Christianity. Some people with, with a background that wasn't very Christian uh, as far as the way they were taught. We've had people come in from, from all different ethnicities, all different things. Let me let you in on a little secret, guys. We need to get this. If we have people come in here from different different cultures and different backgrounds and different raisings, this guy over here is gonna look a whole lot different. Do I need to say that again? Do you guys get that? We're not gonna be cookie cutter. Everybody's not gonna look exactly the same. Our goal is not to make everybody look like this. Our goal is to get all of them to love Jesus. And that will change our church. See, people from different cultures, people from different places, they have different ways they do things. They have different ways they eat. They have different ways they dress. They have all kinds of different ways. Listen, dressing like you, acting like you, isn't the key to getting into heaven. You know what the key to getting into heaven is? It's loving Jesus. It's loving Jesus.
0: We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.